Red on Red. This week on the podcast, we're joined by Corkonian alt rockers Pretty Happy.
Monikert The Love Buzz with Hold Me Only Lonely and Laura Duff with lead off single Up To You. This is Red on Red, Cork's new music podcast dropping every Wednesday evening via Cork's Red FM and redextra.ie. We're also available on Apple and Google Podcasts, Spotify and other podcasting platforms. My name is Mike McGrath-Brian and this week on the podcast we're joined in studio by noisy, alt-rock inflected, weirdo power trio, or should I say two-thirds of weirdo power trio. <laughs> pretty happy joined by abby blake hello and aaron blake hello yeah. and you've had a busy couple of weeks of it gigging wise and it's all heading up now to independence festival having this weekend at deer farm in Mittelstone. yeah that's that it busy actually, isn't it? yeah. it's been weird it's like you get to that point as a band like you don't think you're doing anything and it's like oh geez you get to the point it's like oh we'll pack it in we have no gigs and then you have two weeks of just onslaught and you don't ever want to play a gig again. And you just always don't have the stamina for it. No, like, like I mean, you kind of have to, I suppose you build yourself up for it, but um, like the gigs are great, but it's it's always, you you want what you can't have. Like, you know, you want to be resting once you're gigging, you want to be gigging once you're resting, but no, it's we're having a great run of gigs at the moment. Yeah, it's, been really it's fantastic. nice. Yeah, it is really nice. Mm. Those last few gigs were, I don't know, kind of mad. We had our first um, headline in Cork. We kind of usually stray away from headlines and stuff, so it was nice that we got such a good kind of reception. Mm. Um, we had it unplugged, like, Jim is great to deal with. And, yeah, like, Jim the place doing, was at yeah. capacity. It was, like, so amazing to see because we never run our own gigs, you know. We have the kind of same crowd coming to, like, our sports slots. We're together a good, what, year and a half, two? No, two years now, I think. Coming up to two years in September, I think. And I think that's the thing with the Cork, like, going on you said there, the Cork scene, it's like you... Um, we did a lot of support slots and we didn't do a lot of headlines, but it's like, you. I think there's a fierce, uh, you have a fierce propensity to oversaturate once you're gigging in Cork, because it's the For same sure, crowd, yeah. the same couple of venues. And we, um, tend, we were like tending to gig with the kind of same bands, the same kind of scene. So I think we wanted to break away with that with our headline as well. Mm-hmm. So that's why we got Land Crabs in, yeah. who yeah. had like, their, it was their first gig after about a year of being apart. Yeah. And I always love land crabs because I think their energy is a bit kind of crazy like yeah, us. Yeah, yeah, no, So I thought two of us would go well together, mm. um, which was quite cool to see. It was kind of like such a selfish reason, reason to get them. I just wanted to see them. That's what you're in the forest to kind of book stuff to see, to, to make the changes that you want to see happen yourself. Yeah, for sure. We'll talk a little bit about your roundy gig in a little while. But first, you know, dialing back those two years, mm-hmm. you've accomplished a lot in that time. But maybe talk to us a little bit about how Pretty Happy came together. Does your sibling relationship kind of factor into it at all? For sure, yeah. yeah. And what the kind of the the idea was at first? Yeah, I we mean, kind of always tipped away together. Didn't we, we always tipped away because it was always like a thing. I, our dad uh, is a drummer, and he played with um, an eighties outfit called Idle Joy, and it, they were kind of, uh, I suppose, new wave post punk kind of thing. Yeah, and. Um, so he was always drumming, he got like an electric drum kit, so we'd always like hear him playing drums. Um, so I suppose you talk about the kind of maybe passing it down. But uh, then I was gigging myself in bands, kind of playing bass, uh, doing a bit of singing. 
But um, yeah, myself and Abby always did something, and I think even like random bits, as random well, things. Yeah. But it's uh, it's funny because you never think about things like that. I even have I even had the attitude at the time, even starting off. Like me and Abby do things, and Abby started off playing acoustic guitar, and we do kind of cutesy gigs. Like we did a gig in Starbucks. Yeah, <laughs> we, first two gigs were me like, and Aaron in Starbucks. Like. Yeah, with a, a, an ex girlfriend of mine completing the outfit, like our three piece. Or we were called Gooza because Goose. I was the third wheel. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> that was it, and. Um, they were ridiculous games, Oh, we did, like, like, we did terrible covers. We did a cover of um, uh, Boys Don't Cry. <laughs> but <laughs> Abby did the, the guitar line on, like, uh, a MIDI keyboard, and it was like a flute. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was, it was like a flute sound. It was like... Doo, 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 doo. It was, oh, sounded awful. But, um, so yeah, cringy. I suppose Abby started learning electric. Then we played one gig uh, as a band called Space Ghettos, and it's that's the joke there, Space Ghettos, but it's a... It's a a Scottish person say, saying Spice Girls. It, if you say well, Spice Girls in a Scottish accent, space it sounds skittles. like an American saying Space Ghettos. Yeah, that was all. Space Ghettos. Yeah, it, yeah, 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 it was yeah, Space Ghettos. Yeah. But yeah, no, we did that and uh, our dad What's was drumming with us for yeah. that and we uh, we kind of gigged with her. Everything about this is so adorable. <laughs> that's, we've had so many people come up to us and it's probably it's like, oh my God, you're so cute. And that's probably what pushed us to get so we, yeah, that's angry what made with the live mad. shows. Yeah, like, yeah. But it's so wholesome in that respect. So I suppose, yeah. yeah how yeah. it all kind of came together and that's, it might be sickening, but that's also like yeah, yeah. something really endearing. But let's talk about then getting aggressive and getting noisy and getting angry. Kind of, mm. what's that first... What's the first thing that kind of drives you toward taking the noise rock direction? I suppose, well, first of all, we got Andy on board, which mm, is kind mm. of a weird story. He moved to London for the summer um, and Aaron was like, here, we need a drummer. And we were friends with Andy. He didn't know how to play drums. Um, so he learned for us. Like we It got, was like, even so at cool. that start, like, it's like, that's what I was going to say there. It was weird because it was always like, like Abby was like oh we should start a band and like it's like a thing where it's like you're like oh I'm going to start a band now with a person that doesn't know how to play drums and my little sister and in my head I was like this. I didn't know how to play guitar <laughs> and it was like oh this isn't going to pan out at all we got to it, it anyway it I was, was it wasn't even a, it was never a serious thing either no, it was kind of no, like ah uh, yeah we should jam with Andy that'll be fun um, and we we got offered a gig and I they thought you got I would, offered a gig I got yeah. offered a gig in work because they thought it was my old band and I was like oh I have a new band a band that where the drummer had never probably touched the drum kit and Abby Who was still was in learn- London yeah in London nowhere near a drum kit for three months he was like yeah no I can play that we quickly cobbled together um, a half hour, a half set. hour set and we opened for uh, a metal gig <laughs> so right. that was our start like but um in Fred's yeah I suppose like even from the start though we were quite noisy and rocky and punky uh, I think that was down to me refusing to learn guitar theory yeah so I was really into effects because I don't have to learn amazing stuff if I make noise you know what I mean <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. that kind of happened and I suppose Andy kind of loved the weirdness yeah and yeah. then we just progressively got weirder I think and more no. kind of theatrical I think as well with, it was kind of weird when we started gigging. I remember that first gig, me and Andy were so nervous mm. because Andy didn't know how to play drums and I didn't know how to play guitar. But like since then, we've never kind of went out to book a gig. Since then, I think they liked, we had all originals for that um, half hour slot, which was fucking tough to pull together. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, it's a matter of verse, chorus, verse. No, but that's what, like, and that's why it was tough. We kind of, from the start, I don't think we liked first course, and that's why, it's, like, we 
recently we've been it doing kind of was with talkative to be yeah fair. with talkative things like that I suppose but that was just kind of getting used to things but we weren't like trying to get five songs out quick verse chorus verse chorus three chord tricks like we kind of we had ideas like you know yeah. and we were trying to go for them uh, we just spent a lot of time on it like you know yeah. but, we um, had that kind of end of summer as well to just take a couple of days a couple of good hours we'd yeah. practice a couple of times a week and it was more of a hangout thing because we yeah. never took it seriously we we're like, no, we won't be gigging. And then randomly we just be offered more metal gigs. And then yeah. we started to get into the kind of Cork college scene, I suppose, mm. with kind of uh, Happy Lone and Ghost King and um, now yeah. the Love Buzz. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, we were playing a lot of them. Like, that was very early on. We were playing with Happy Lone when they were like um, Joyriders. You know, that set of originals you cobbled together for your mm. first gig, mm. you know, forms the foundation of your earliest singles. Um, you have know, a couple of singles off the top like The Lover off the top of my head mm. for one maybe talk to us a little bit about some of those earliest gigging experiences and kind of refining singles as live things more so than in studio it was kind of weird I think a lot of it it did go down well but I think to our earlier gigs did go down well but I think to a different kind of crowd than we have now mm-hmm. um, I think a lot of it was me and Andy getting used to our instruments um, and just kind of, I think three of us forming that band as well, of just like hanging out all the time. Yeah, and it took that time. I mean, it was like, I think we've gotten to, with our new like set of songs now, I think we've gotten to a really collaborative state, and I think that's always something I stress in a band as well, because I know, and it works for some people when you have like, you know, the you know the people, the band leaders who write the parts for everyone, and people come on as the sessioners, like, but I... Yeah. I really do like the collaborative thing of like letting people like you know everyone has an input on the song and bringing a song in you have an idea and it's completely changed by the end of it because everyone's having their say um, I suppose like early on like we were gigging our songs and straight away you just know and I think that's the best way and we like besides like weird interludes we never kind of just write for recording we always gig them for a couple of months, like, or to a year first. Like, well, that's what we've done because. Yeah, I think that's just how it naturally happened. And I suppose, I think after a few months, we were like, we better just get something out online instead of word of mouth about our band. Mm. Um, and Andy was getting into producing. Um, so, our easiest one that I suppose we could all tackle for a certain recording was Talkative, mm. which we absolutely. I don't think it sounds like us at all, you know. It's funny, like, you go through, I suppose that was very early on, it was, like, the first guitar riff you wrote. and ever. you just kind of did it. my first guitar riff and ever, like. You can see some influences in that, where it's, like, we're kind of trying to go for this kind of sound. It's very light. It's almost, like, very stripped back. Pretty happy now, where it's... It's chords, and it's a, I still think it's a nice song, but it's, it's just... pre-pedal me as well. Yeah, no, but it's very kind of bright-sounding, and it's very, um... I suppose, fucking... I was even trying to do a strokesy thing with the vocals, and it's, like, very... You know, it's it's, not, not it's us, us writing a song for the first time, I suppose. And it's, it's us feeling out each other, I think. Yeah, you know? yeah, completely, um, completely. I think The Lover is kind of the same. Um, yeah, I thought that got... It was getting heavier, but it's like... I think even then... It it 
the Lover record doesn't sound like how the live version sounded either. Like mm. the live version was like a seven yeah. odd minute song. <laughs> See, that was a like, we were... stupid long soul. Yeah, like... It's like there's this really weird. It's almost kind of funny. Like um, we have this very long outro to the Lover. And, oh, and you mocked me and so and it's much. Like, it's almost like yeah. but um, it's my first like time using a delay pedal mm. for that song, and I just thought it was the coolest thing ever. Mm. This oh, I'll just tap a note and it'll ring. Like I yeah. thought it was amazing. Um, I so I had this stupid like two minute long solo that uh, you slayed me over now I like. think it's, it's the weird thing with Pretty Abbey because it has gone well and you know it's gone better than like most things I've done in a band like it's you know we, we're doing quite well we're fucking gigging we're getting festival offers and it's like it's weird when you kind of see that because you can kind of see us learning if you know what I mean it's like a it's a chart course of us like if we yeah, have a single air single air you see us kind of evolving as we get more used to each other and our kind of sound and what mm. we want to sound like a big part of the development of Pretty Happy Sound is, as you attested to, Abby, uh, Pedal Abby coming out of the shadows. Yeah, yeah. And just even seeing you there at Mallow Arts Festival there early in the week, just the amount of destruction that you're pulling out of different configurations with your instrument. Yeah. And making weird noises. Like, that is has been so key to the development of Pretty Happy in the last year or so. Kind of talk to us a little bit about how you happened across, you know, different aspects and the creation of different textures. Uh, in the stuff that's been heard in Ego No Ego? Um, I suppose, I, I really loved, I'm going to get so slight of this, I really loved The Ocean uh, by U2. Yeah. That guitar riff. So I set out and bought a delay pedal. I think you got me a delay pedal. Yeah. Um, as like a birthday present. I think, was it my 18th, 17, 18th birthday yeah, or something? Yeah. Uh, Aaron got me a delay pedal. And I kind of didn't use it for a while and then I just picked it up and found out I could do absolutely weird things with it yeah. um, and I kind of hate using reverb and stuff on an amp I don't know why I like my set tone yeah. um, and then one day I was just kind of messing around it started getting weirder and I was just on YouTube um, and in my suggested um, Knobs is a really cool YouTube channel that goes through pedals mm -hmm. and it was the Rainbow Machine by Earthquaker and I just thought this was like weirdest coolest thing um, and I bought that and that's definitely what changed my sound like I think what's funny with Abby's sound as well is because very early on like and that was just like and well we don't say we don't have awful band fights but I was saying I'd be awful towards Abby because it's like I think and that's why we kind of fucking stick together I suppose in terms of a band in two years and like we're a very tight in a band in terms of like obviously we're siblings but Andy as well is fucking one of our closest friends but it's like we like I and then sorry when you're siblings like you can be more open with each other but you kind of you snipe at each other easily so you, I would you always way, Aaron was way harder on me than I was always Andy, hard yeah, on Abby yeah. to be like uh, and I'd always say you need to start learning pentatonic scales so you can do a guitar solo and like she'd be like I don't want to learn pentatonic scales and I, I was don't like, like how they sound yeah I was like you're lazy you're lazy she was like no no and it's like every time a pentatonic like blues solo comes on in a song Abby just goes Yuck. you know what I mean she just doesn't like I, that it's kinda. just not my style and yeah, Aaron would always kind of, you have to learn, you have to learn a bit of theory. And I said, no, I kind of like doing it by ear, I like this absolute weirdness. And I took Andy to like, tell Aaron to cop on, and yeah, like, but that I was like it. her I sound mean, to... I think at the moment it's like, Abby's guitar doesn't sound like a guitar most of the time. No, and she tries like an implement of destruction. <laughs> That's what I mean, yeah, yeah. I think it is, finding these weird pedals, like my favourite brand is definitely Earthquaker. I have that, um... 
transmitter pedal as well. That is just unbelievable, that, weird yeah. reverb kind of. But that's what I'm saying. Even like that, like you haven't, you have, you use that in like our new song, Delicious, and it's like you do a verse and it sounds more like a choir singing than a guitar. And it's like, that's the kind of stuff I do like when it's like you hear a guitar and it doesn't. Well, like, you know, I got into it now, and that's, I suppose that's where the noise comes from as well. Yeah. It is just, we got to that point where it was just, it is just everything going in the same key and. It's such a great way of kind of expelling the bad juju out, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's just everyone's just hitting the same thing and we're all just playing, all screaming and shouting and just crying and just everything's just coming out of you. Like, it's just... I think it's all our different influences. I think yeah. I kind of like connecting with Andy on songs and stuff yeah. like that. Um, I When I was... My first instrument was the drums. When I was like 10, my dad bought me an electric drum kit and I was going to be the drummer because he was a drummer. Um, like I played at my nan's 60th this weird drum solo on the stage in a like gammy northside pub <laughs> rotten upstairs like yeah. like nearly getting I don't know everyone shooting looks my nan like crying because I played her a drum solo but yeah, it was it was unbelievable it was, it was unbelievable <laughs> yeah, yeah she did this weird drum solo you know it was one of those you know where the drum uh, electric <laughs> drum kit had a big band voice yeah so it was like doom, 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 bam, bam, bam. <laughs> it was like she hit the cymbal and a saxophone would play it was like tiny arms it was just like yeah. beating the shit out of this drum kit it was yeah. ridiculous um, but I think a lot of my guitar style is kind of rhythm mm. um, and Andy's an absolute music nerd like he's yeah so annoying when it comes to writing songs he's just like oh if we skip a beat there and go into this weird tempo it'll be funny yeah yeah. that's it I love that's kind of Andy's writing as well and I love him so much and that's I think that's where we come from from the vocals and the composition itself like we like a lot of our vocals I think like I sing sometimes and we all sing sometimes but it's like it's just weird rants and weird voices and you're just like oh because we're like oh on. that would be quite stupid or funny yeah, that might be, freak people out that would be hilarious like Andy puts in a you know the, he skips a beat he do it three four just for a second and he was I'd be like why do you want to do that it's like oh it's funny because it's just it's stupid if we just went into a different time signature just once just now right here never again Andy yeah. just will not let us repeat things anymore yeah I yeah. think he's PTSD from talkative like yeah is he keeping you on your toes though in that respect oh I think we all do though like, yeah. Yeah. Andy for sure Andy will absolutely kill us Aaron I remember a few weeks ago we had this one and a half minute song and Aaron was like this could really be a four minute song for the set lads and Andy lost the plot like, he no, was like yeah. shut up like you can't it's a one and a half minute song or else it'll be boring do you want people to listen to it that for four minutes how dare you Like, but I think it comes with it I like, and I think we all do keep each other on our toes and it is that kind of thing and you need to, like I said, us with siblings and us being so close to Andy, it's like we need to come into like the room and writing. And sometimes it gets like a bit, it's it's being able to be a bit weird for a second because it's like someone comes in with a riff and it's everyone's kind of quiet. And it's like, no, yeah, that was shit. Like, you know, and it's like just we, being we able. We kill each other. Yeah, no. We're not afraid to go, that was fucking awful. Get out for a while and come back with something new. Yeah, yeah. But so, like once, I think once you have that level of kind of, you won't you won't put up with kind of mediocreness and yeah. just have a filler song I think that's a good level where you're just like no but uh, yeah I think we all keep each other on our toes in that respect sure, yeah. from the internal end to the external naturally you know having been involved in the scene for mm-hmm. about two years now and being here at a time of change venue turnover but also mm-hmm. involvement in the art scene in Cork 
externally. Aaron, you're heavily involved in uh, Cork's young theatre scene. Abby, of course, you've been here before for the Angry Moms Collective. Mm -hmm. Uh, That episode is available for streaming now on all of your podcasting apps and at redextra.ie. Maybe talk to us a little bit about your take on the scene in Cork City at present for the arts and in terms of how, you know, the current wave of young musicians, young artists, etc. How the kind of different people practicing in different media and I suppose really how the crossovers are present between them all. I think it's kind of funny. See, I've always had this uh, thing and I think every young Irish person getting involved in the arts has this thing that it's like the minute you're born into Ireland, it's like one big small town. And you go, oh, if I'm going to do anything, I need to get the hell out of Ireland. And it's it's a weird emigration, like, uh, emigration, I suppose. Um, oh, what's the that word I'm looking for? Like, yeah, like, it's a mindset of, I, I just need to get out. If I'm going to succeed, I need to get out. I need to get or out. Or you have to get to Dublin, that's it, yeah. Dublin is another thing. But even then, Dublin's, like, a, a bigger version of Cork in that way. Yeah. And it's just been recently that... I've been so surprised at the amount of talent I've seen in the last few years with Cork and I've only been really getting involved in the creative scene properly in the last two or three years and it's it's been unbelievable and it's I think I, I said it to you before in passing or even in an article like that it's it's getting the platform yeah. and it's you know it's the conversation about creating the platform versus should a platform be provided for the artist like I mean in general like we'll say for theatre for example you know there's not a lot of theatres in Cork for young people to get a chance and to put on a show and I remember I complained about that and I uh, but then again you kind of do have to make your own opportunity and that's you know uh, we're doing a show at the moment and it, it is with Dramat and I will say, like, big, a big shout out to UCC Dramat. It does, like, it helps young people interested in theatre have a taste of what it's like to actually be in a professional production. Like, you know, they give, they pay for your production to be made. Like, I write my own plays, so I've, you know, this is the set I'm putting on a play at the moment. It's the second play I've put on with them. My first play, it was just, you know, they paid for the set, they paid for everything, and you just feel like, oh my god, something I've written or something I've been in. Yeah. Uh, is given this like professional treatment um, but I suppose you come out of that a bit spoilt and once you actually come out into the scene without this college society uh, we're doing something at the moment like with Dramat and it's a site specific piece in a bar and I think that's what young creative people do ha- or young creative people have to do is kind of create their own opportunity in terms of that and it's like guerrilla theatre I suppose it's the same with uh, gigs as well in terms of music like you know it's just because we complain about like you know a lack of venues in Cork, but we need to kind of you know at the end of the day. Sorry, yeah, I I get into arguments with myself about the topic because it's like trying to find, you know, being like oh I wish I could play around Cork and have an appropriate uh, like platform for my art, but also it's like having enough get up and go to make it. Happen. I think that's the industry as well. Though. If you yeah. are gonna get into the art scene, you have to have a thick skin. And that drive, that kind of passion to yeah. really push yourself for it. But speaking of creating platforms, obviously the Angry Bomb Collective has done a whole bunch more since we brought you in for that podcast uh, a few months back, including an exhibition inside in the Friary, a Midsummer exhibition, more gigs, more table quizzes, etc., etc. Mm-hmm. Um, I suppose maybe talk to us about how things have changed for Angry Moms in the last couple of months and how things have picked up. 
I think um, just, I was talking about the support last time, um, just everyone who kind of has helped has been unbelievable, I think. Um, I think starting that conversation and, you know, having that dialogue is very, very important. Um, and I do see little changes, like even with Aaron and Andy in the band, you're more aware now of me, how I'm being treated you were you were always good for that in fairness they always were there in a heartbeat to back me up mm. but it's not just one case I think it shows that it's an ongoing problem um, and it is creating that awareness because I've noticed with you you're more like look on the lookout for people in crowds that may feel uncomfortable safe mm. spaces and I think other brands have been too like there's been people who've come up to me saying yeah I'm on the lookout now or and even everyone in the local scene coming to um, events like and the accessibility I, I remember we had that interview for Golden Clack recently um, and we were talking about kind of young people or young girls afraid to go to gigs on their own and stuff like that and honestly Aidan Lynch is your man um, <laughs> he, he's been to probably every Angry Mom event He's so he's the most um, approachable guy. Um, if you want to go to a gig, he'll more like than likely be at it. Approach him, and he'll have a dance with you. You know what I mean? He'll <laughs> yeah, welcome yeah. you with open arms. And like even any of us, we're all gonna be approachable. There's like the scene is lovely. I hate that. Anytime I talk about Angry Mom or the Cork scene, it's not in a negative way, but it's highlighting issues I've had with it or issues um, queer people might have with it. And honestly, it the Cork scene is amazing. It should be celebrated more. I hate that. I don't want to speak negatively about it all the time. I don't think I do. I'm, I'm trying to better it. But it is... There's some great people there. Like There really is, you know. I think one thing as well, I would say, is like that one thing when you're talking to me about uh, the angry mom and your whole, like, you know, your whole MO there is that... I think a lot of girls and I was talking to girls at Angry Mom events and they say like oh like these gigs are boys boys clubs like you go and you just don't and like it's a very unconscious thing you can actually make a place exclu exclusive like you know or mm -hmm, just because you're sure. just there because it's like imagine it's an absent-minded thing like, it's an yeah. absent like I think sometimes but obviously sometimes it's very meant and people are just assholes about gigs of and just course, yeah. exclusive crowd you're always going to have that but sometimes you go into a gig and it's a load of lads like crossing their arms and you just go, Jesus, this isn't an open atmosphere. And then, like, it, it takes you to go up to the lads and be like, you're very exclusive at the moment. They go, oh, really? Sorry, I didn't... You know, it's it can be an that unconscious is, that, exclusivity. Yeah, like, that's why raising awareness is so important. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Because, like, everyone I've... Like, all, like, when I said the lads, it's, like, everyone we gig with, like, the Teletext lads and kind of, like, Gilbert and stuff. They're all lovely, lovely mm. people, like, and, and made me feel so welcome. Because it was so daunting when I first started gigging. It's all lads three, four years older than me. And I'm just going in going, who's it going? Like, I don't know you. You're all friends with Aaron and Andy. But, like, they're lovely. They just started, like, I don't know, but slagging it, me straight away. That's, what I mean. that's like, how, you know Every I mean? individual one of those guys was so sweet. Like, and you could talk away to them. But and it's like, I've had, like, people come up to me even then in that respect and say, yeah, I was so intimidated by you because you were all just sitting there. I was like, 
I, you know, it's like you have to not give off that vibe, but it's like I, I was so surprised yeah. by that. But you, it is an unconscious thing, and I do realize I was giving off this thing that I was just sitting with people and not being. You kind I, of to, I think you were pretty good in this. You kind of have I to go out your way you to kind of welcome in new people, I think, but you have to always be conscious. It can, of it. yeah. Mm. I think you're more talking about clickiness yeah. than anything, though. Mm. Um, which I, do, I didn't see. I yeah, don't know. Yeah, I've sure. seen it more in other scenes. Um, I thought you've always been approachable, Fair enough. especially the Teletext lads as well. Yeah, yeah. They're kind of they're lovely guys. Like uh, when we come back, we'll talk a little bit about Ego No Ego, uh, your EP available now across all streaming services. But first, we're going to go back to some more tunes. Earlier on, we heard from the Love Buzz and Laura Duff. And coming up next, and coming up, you're treating us to last week's guest, uh, his last single Thursday, uh, ahead of the release of his upcoming second single, Showbiz Baby. Yeah, I can't yeah, wait for no, that. Yeah. JJ is a he's a he's a what wizard. A man. He's a wizard in terms of morality and music. <laughs> you also have Gilbert or the unfathomable loneliness of the deep space prospector with Corpse's Orbit. Jesus Christ, they're probably one of my favorite bands yeah, ever. Yeah, like. I I don't like. I went to their gig and it was a religious experience. I was holding my hands up. I was just, <laughs> I was juking. You know, I was yeah, unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. yeah, the lads are just. But the album launched the round. Yeah, oh I saw you dancing right. Yeah, yeah. No, I was dancing all right. I was dancing. I lot. missed that. Um, right, yeah, actually. no. I came up to him. I was like, I've seen everyone. I've seen Stevie Nicks. I've seen Tom Petty. This was my favorite. And lads, were, oh, cheers. You were quite drunk, were you? No, no, I actually wasn't. It was uh, oh, drunk on uh, drunk on good vibes. Oof. And we'll hear from Gilbert momentarily, but first, this is JJ Lee with Thursday here on Red on Red. This is what we were brought up with. This is what we were brought up to. 
conversational type. Officized all mix with the crew. Gilbert or the unfathomable loneliness of the deep space prospector with Corpse's Orbit. Available via Teletext Records, via Bandcamp and all of your streaming services. This is Red on Red, Cork's new music podcast and we're still joined in studio by Aaron and Abby of Pretty Happy ahead of their appearance at Indie 19 this weekend at Deer Farm in Mitchellstown. And before the jump, we were talking about your earliest gigging experiences, how you all came together and just the real minutiae of what makes Pretty Happy tick in a lot of senses taking that into studio deciding what songs make the cut for your first EP Ego No Ego which is also available now via all your streaming services and we'll hear a track from it later on Um, talk to us I suppose about the process of whittling it down to a few songs for an EP working with Andy in particular and keeping production in house and I suppose just the post-production process too the the fun and games of it all I think we took our time with it really we weren't kind of um, under pressure to do it well we kind of were at the start and we just decided to chill out um, yeah. especially Andy deciding to record and produce it and, you know he was in final year as well so like what an undertaking that was it and it was just like it was funny because it's like we didn't just get together in a room and we were all like extremely busy like Andy like me myself and Andy were in final year but uh, Andy did engineering and I did English so there's a big gap there in mm. time like you know I was in final year but I could still kind of chill um, like so it was it was a long process in terms of recording uh, we didn't just you know do a long weekend couple hours like we'd get a recording when we could I suppose in terms of um well, we did all the guitar and bass tracks in one sitting, didn't we? We did that, but, you know, as in, I'd say, like, you know, getting it song by song, and then, like, you know, it would probably be a week between the guitar and bass and the vocal, like... Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. Um, anytime we had free... Well, anytime Andy had free time, mm-hmm. he'd come up, we kind of... Um, a shed-type thing yeah, that we yeah. practice in. So Andy just hooked up my amp, mic'd up the rooms. Uh, he got the drum tracks um, in a different practice room. Um, so we had the drum tracks for a while, and he took his time mixing them before he got onto the guitar tracks and stuff. But I suppose in in terms of songs, um, we wanted a more accurate representation of us because talking the lover just weren't doing the job of. I don't know, we didn't even play them in our live sets anymore, those yeah. songs. Um, were a lot heavier than that, and I think more noisy. Um, so I think we wanted something that at least we could pull out and go, this is the range of Pretty Happy at the moment. So we wanted to kind of pick different songs from I think, our... I think that was it as well, and I think even that EP... Um, I think it shows, like, we're still... It's like we're finding our sound a bit, and it's like... It's the extremes of our sound, I suppose. And that was the point of those three songs. We tried to pick three songs that were probably most unlike each other in our set because um, 
I think it was just to show our range and just to show like uh, I myself personally I, there's nothing worse than seeing an album that's just song after song in like even the same key or the same kind of mm-hmm. riff or rhythm and I just I can't stand that I need some sort of variety I don't like you know well fair enough if a band gets forward on kind of one sound but I I like a variety in terms of an EP so yeah. um, I think we went forward and we tried to pick as different as we could yeah I think yeah we had crabs for a while crabs was funny because that's a uh, bad sentence to say collectively well, <laughs> we, we, had crabs. <laughs> we had crabs yeah no um that was an old song no, like, but that's that we kind of threw out. Like, we were looking for a third song, and we were like, will we do that? And we were like, that's a bit light. We need something a bit punkier. We need something a bit drivier. And we were like, oh, will we do? And we picked another couple of songs. We were like, oh, that's that'd be weird to record. We still have some songs live that we kind of have to wrap our heads around uh, how we yeah. would record them, because they are quite live songs. So we Especially picked, kind of pedal heavy. Pe- pedal like, heavy For songs, Andy's yeah. sake, we were like, we might leave that off. No, but oh, well. it was just like, yeah, and it's just kind of wrapped our heads around in terms of like Structuring what it. would work yeah. being produced, you know, and what would work kind of yeah. on the album. But um, Mr. Krause is funny because we didn't play that live for ages. For months. And like we just, because it was one of the first songs we wrote, we thought it was just kind of like, ah, oh, it's a stupid song. And it's funny, like... My guitar takes, like... Yeah, yeah. They were awful. I forgot how to play that song. Andy was pulling his hair out, like... Yeah, um, just keep going. There right. was about like six takes that he cut between yeah. because I literally he was so sick of me he was like I have enough go away <laughs> yeah yeah that's, just get it down like. but um we did that song and I remember um like that we were doing that song and we were recording uh, the vocals upstairs and it was because we were like it's you never know like a single like we were very we were extremely happy with the how people responded to the EP but like you never know how which tracks will be we responded shut to up would be the favourite yeah but, yeah uh, and no, my favourite now is definitely Mr. Krabs like, we released as a single but like we were recording the vocals for that and in we, my bedroom yeah yeah we went upstairs to Abby's bedroom because it's a big space myself and uh, Andy and we were just, just doing a it. hanger with a pair of my tights over it yeah that was and our and then like um, weird mics hanging over because we had no kind of was, what is that uh, the gauze the mesh like the, the mic the mesh the pop filter yeah, yeah. pop filter <laughs> so we did just yeah. these, this homemade shite in my yeah. bedroom we were just looking for stuff and we went we were in. just writing each other up yeah, we in were in my bedroom. Yeah. But that was it. No, the thing was like uh, I remember like me and Andy were just up, and you were like, "Oh, lads, look, just freaking, you know, go for it there. I'm gonna go down for something to eat." I mean, Andy did some joke takes that ended up in the song, like you know, and it was like yeah, I think le- was... I left for two seconds. I mean, I went down and was like, "Do you want a drink?" We were like, yeah, I just hear absolutely stomping and roaring it was from the upstairs. Most I've laughed in ages. Me and Andy were crying laughing because we we were like, "Oh, do you want to try some weird things?" And it was like for one, it was like. And just doing like weird vocals, and Andy's mixed them in out. Well, honestly, I think it was just to like get a laugh out of us. You know what I mean? He mixed them in, and we're like, "That's kind of cool." Same with the interludes. There's a lot of like, if you listen with headphones, like hidden um, mistakes from Aaron. Like, there's weird, weird takes of Aaron just like fecking up, and it's Andy's little like Easter eggs to us. You know what I mean? He'll send it to us and be like, did you hear that? He loves looping in my failed vocal takes <laughs> into songs. Like, he, yeah, he um, he had that in a song. It was just me going off key. Uh, uh, and he, like, looped it or reversed it or whatever. And he was like, that's a whole song. That was, like, that was the interlude, yeah, yeah. Yeah, But um, I think, but, like, inadvertently then, what that did was kind of made it very similar to our live shows, which is our energy and our humour. I think that's, like, what comes across sure. in our I, But live I think shows. even the EP made us 
care a bit less about uh, polishing ourselves isn't the wrong word because we do put a lot into making sure we're practicing you know if people are going to pay to see us we want to give them a show because there's nothing worse than paying to see a band and they're not practicing they kind of don't mm. care mm. but um, definitely either pulling away the constraints I suppose yeah, and just and going thing, a bit yeah. madder like mm-hmm. And I think, yeah, that's our attitude at the moment. It's like... We've gotten worse for that. We've yeah, gotten, yeah. like, a bit crazier. And, like, I don't know, even playing in Mallow, and we knew yeah. it'd be a, a, a different crowd than, like, the lads we know from Cork. Like, you know, everyone mm. we know that we're in the crowd are, like, used to us, and they're up for a kind of madness. Yeah. We went down to Mallow, and we're like, maybe they won't like our kind of craziness. we better ham it up. Like, we yeah. better go... we <laughs> better that's... be, like... That's what you do, though. If you're, you know, like you know, your your car skidding, you stare into the curve. I think that's it. Like you know, we went down and we were like, look, Mallow, and we were looking around and the crowd, and we were like, this could go either way because these people don't know us. So yeah, there's no, you can't half as it. And if you feel like the energy's a bit, you may you create the energy. Like yeah, you kind of have to create right. energy. And that's certainly what you did. <laughs> yeah, uh, shout out also to the committee of Mallow Arts Festival for a wonderful weekend. Yeah, uh, it was oh, class. Unbelievable. Really cool to see. Yeah, I know. It was really nice because, yeah, it was it was a great energy around the place and they were so receptive. Like, you know, they were unbelievably all came out oh, dancing they, yeah. and everything, you know. Once the EP is done and dusted, you launch it with a support slot at Dali for Dublin slash Cork Grungers. Bitch Falcon, it's the biggest gig that you've played to that time. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's a sect, sorry. There's an intersection of sounds uh, between Bitch Falcon and yourselves. You're more leaning toward noise at this mm-hmm. stage, whereas Bitch Falcon, kind of grungy tendencies, but also more veering into math as opposed to outright mm-hmm. anarchy mm-hmm. in the way that Pretty Happy have done so in the last while. Uh, maybe talk to us a little bit about your experience opening up for Bitch Falcon, playing inside in that venue with that massive sound system, mm-hmm. and just generally the whole experience of the evening. That was great. I think it... It worked out well that our EP was coming out at the same time. Yeah. And then um, Dali got on to us and said, do you want to support Bitch Falcon? Mm. And um, Andy turned it down, firstly. <laughs> Andy turned it down um, because he had his dissertation due or something. And we were just like, what the fuck, man? You can't. Like, we have to play this gig. Um, no, and in fairness, like I think that's the thing. He was like, yeah. No, he was like, okay, enough. yeah, we have to play yeah. this gig and be crack if mm. anything. Andy probably very well nearly failed his whole degree a couple because of times of, because of gigs, like yeah. you know. And it's it's bullying because he was like, I'll fail my degree, you can't do it. And I was like, ah, come on, Andy, you have to do it. Come on. Ah, uh, we How were we'll we, we weren't even like that. We were like, ah, oh, but we'd love to do it. Like, that's exactly what I just yeah, did. You <laughs> yeah, you fucking assholes. Yeah, yeah. piercing suggestion. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Pure light pressure. Um, yeah. No, but the, yeah, Bitch Falcon was, was unbelievable. In terms of like, I think, uh, yeah, Dali is just one of our favorite venues to play in Cork as well. It's such a huge, like you get such a huge sound off the system there. And it's like, we've been going there since we were young, since it was the PAV. And it's just this, it is kind of like a star Cork venue. Like yeah. This, yeah. And it's just playing sure. there. It's unbelievable. Like the stage and everything like that. Yeah, I remember seeing um, the Dan clan. Yeah, the Dan Clan was one thing. It was a Steely Dan uh, cover band. Uh, pl- uh, plug for them. Yeah, I don't they're think cla- they're going. They're, any- are, they're not going anymore. They didn't play last year's jazz, did they? Yeah, I don't know. We always went to the pub to see a Steely Dan cover Every band called the Dan Club. Yeah. The Dan, Dan Club. The Dan Clan. But um, <laughs> sounds like a Dan Walsh solo project. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, no, and it was just we were. Um, yeah. It was cool to play. That the Dali is just like it's 
I the think Dali. Dali is like the new Sir Henry's, I think. It's just fantastic. Like, you know, it's just it is cool. techno. It is a weird it's, mix. Yeah. They're doing theatre now up there. Like, you know, there's, there's a couple of things on during the midsummer. They're doing drag. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fantastic. It's kind of a very cool new venue. But uh, yeah, no, when, when we heard like uh, Bitch Falcon, like it, I was a fan of Bitch Falcon yeah, anyway. Yeah. Um, I think we all were. No, and it's like, I, like I'd like i heard of them very early on when I was like, freaking, I don't know what age I was, but no, I was like, man. you know, you heard rumblings of like, oh, the, like the lads are going up to Dublin to see Bitch Falcon. Like, you know, so it was, when I heard that name, I was like, oh my God, you know. That's cool to be with. Yeah, yeah. As well, Lizzie's pedal board, Jesus Christ. Yeah, I was yeah. in awe. I was just like, what do you have? And um, she was like, showing me your pedal she's like you are, you're not doing too bad yourself it's like oh that's the biggest compliment like getting the absolute most out of because I mean like the grunge revivalism thing was very much a strong aspect of um, Bitch Falcon's earlier stuff which can be gotten the self-titled EP which kind of collected a bunch of early singles and videos mm-hmm. uh, I believe they got the album coming out later on in the year soon mm-hmm. yeah um, and you know I can kind of see the parallels alright in terms of how tones and textures etc kind of boost or make interesting something that might be a little bit familiar for long time genre fans mm-hmm. so that's the cool aspect of I suppose pretty happy getting to support yeah, Bitch Falcon sure. in that respect as mentioned earlier on in the show you do have your own headlining slot finally for the first time only last week uh, mm-hmm. at the Roundy and you talked about it in a little bit of detail earlier on in the show maybe talk to us a slight bit in detail about booking land crabs dealing with land crabs I suppose the intricacies of playing the Roundy and I suppose the importance of the roundy to yourselves in your own creative development. I think um, plugged is yeah, the roundy is really important for the cork scene. Um, Jim is the soundest guy to deal with. I did a lot of um, angry mom events there, and he's just been so great, and he's been at them and just making sure we're supported. And it's a lovely, lovely venue, and he's lovely to deal with. So. I really wanted to, I don't know, do it there and yeah. support Jim as much as he supports us, you know. It should be give and take. Um, Shout out to Jimmy Horgan. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I love that dude. But it's just, and it's like such a lovely venue as well, like, you know what I mean? And it's just... It's cool, there's some cool gigs there, like, like every weekend. But Jim could be like, you know, he could be throwing some kind of cover band up there and make, charging on the door and making a lot more profit. But like Jim is just, he's going for it and he's yeah. giving bands a platform and he's giving back to the community and he cares more about the creativity rather than, you know, just making more profit, like, which is, mm-hmm. I think that's very admirable trait, like, you know, and it is sure. giving a platform for more, like, younger musicians and in that term of things. And we're so lucky for that, for our headline slot to have such a great venue. Because there's not a lot of venues, but that mm. that venue is great. And they've great um, sound guys, like Aaron, um, mm. who did the sound for our, yeah. our launch was Aaron, who's in great. Yeah, he was in um, the Vincents as well. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. remember them. Mm-hmm. I actually really like them. Yeah. Song of the Sea is one of my favourite Cork songs, full stop. Yeah, 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 yeah. they were brilliant. I saw them open for uh, Billy Idol in the marquee. I just was like, who the fuck are they? They're cool. Yeah. It's mental, isn't it? Yeah. Just to consider everything that's going to happen and those kind of appearances. It's weird, yeah. Then to, I kind of recognised him. I was like, were you in it? He was like, oh, fuck's sake, yeah, I was. Yeah, uh, yeah. But he was great, and it's just the nice venue. There's a good sound system in there. Um, and yeah. even the bartenders are great to deal with. 
yeah um, yeah no but it's it is in fairness and you always and like if there is a plug to gig on and you don't know any of the bands on the bill go to it anyway because like that's what I did they're always good yeah they're always good they're always weird it's always something different you you might find your new favourite band there like um, the art scene there is great as well mm, it's mm. I think there's a lot of um, performative pieces more than just your kind of generic bands a lot of weird shit goes on unplugged like <laughs> you know what that's I mean that's always been the way though yeah. Yeah. in the last 15, 16 years when mm. the Black Mariah was upstairs from the old plugged on yeah. Washington Street same thing with them having gigs in the electrical station in Caroline Street when they had to move away from there mm. same thing with the agreement with um, the Black Mariah again accompanying plugged to over at the Triscoll mm. like plugged has always kind of led the front on the avant-garde not just in terms mm. of peddling records not just in terms of booking weird yeah. bands mm. but in being a permissive and independent art space yeah. Yeah. in the city and especially around the time that the four walls started kind of closing in on the, on that kind of freedom the trail, yeah, yeah. Uh, about 10 or so years back and mm. even to a, an extent now any kind of new places that are opening up like again there are new music venues opening up even Winthrop Avenue though yeah. Uh, yeah, being yeah, soft yeah. announced last week but uh, like a lot of new bars opening up um, you know not necessarily there for the interest of you know sustaining music or arts in the city and you know fair enough pubs are pubs some pubs are pubs that's mm. fine and well but you know you kind of see the potential of some places and for one reason or another it doesn't necessarily happen but uh, you also had an appearance this weekend at Valley of the Arts in Tip mm. mm-hmm. that was good crack yeah it was great crack it was a funny festival I think like that was one place where like we put on a weird stage show like I mean I was we out, were just wrecked like, you know, as well like, we were wrecked yeah it was a three so it was kind of weirder my throat was starting to go we, it was our my third day my back was gone game. from Mallow yeah, yeah. yeah we had done like roundy Thursday Mallow uh, Friday and then Saturday was our uh, tip set and it was <laughs> it was funny because it's the kind of place like you know it was an arts festival there was all sorts of things I mean there was a comedian like two acts before us on our stage <laughs> so it was all it was all mismatch and it was really fun it was a weird stage it was like the hillbilly shack it was just literally it was in mm. the middle of nowhere in Tip yeah, it's, it's like garden, yeah. it's, I think it's only been running a few years and these lads just it was a party in the woods that they made a festival yeah. um and <laughs> like there's like I think I did and I did the same thing in Tip that I did in Mallow like I got off stage and I ran around the place kind of crying like yeah. fake crying and kind of grabbing onto people and stuff and kind of but it's funny because in Tip I ran off stage and I ran towards people and it was like crying and I had mascara on and I had a sleeveless top and it was like just doing weird stuff and people just thought it was just festival stuff you know what I mean they, <laughs> yeah. no one reacted they were like oh it's just your man's having a bad trip or whatever like you know I was just off stage trying to cr- I was like okay well you ran a lap of like the, it was the festival it was, was so stu- small yeah. you could like yeah. walk it in a minute so I just ran a lap while me and Andy drone like, it was a very it? stupid decision because I think the whole I mean, the whole point of it was that, and I think I did it in Mano as well. It's like I went in one door and came back in the other. So yeah. it just I, maybe for comedic effect, I suppose. But I was just in the moment, and I just ran a lap of the festival. You know, on my third just day came of gigging, back covered in dirt. Like yeah, my knees were gone. I was just rolling, like you know. But uh, very Eric Andre, actually. Very yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, but that's it. No, and I think like I think we always try to bring something like that into our gigs of just like that. It's I think most of it isn't even for the viewer's pleasure I think if I go a bit mad playing it gets me way more into it yeah it's like there's nothing more uncomfortable than being on stage and being still because when you're on stage when you have people looking on you I think your normal reaction is just to freak out you know you overthink a lot yeah yeah Yeah. whereas if I don't know I feel like I almost black out every gig 
mm-hmm. I can't like I'll come off stage and I can't really remember it yeah, and yeah. that's how I know if I've like had a good gig or enjoyed the gig <laughs> it's a terrible yeah thing. it's so bad but if <laughs> yeah. I remember the gig and remember what I was thinking on yeah, stage yeah no but that's true yeah um, I knew it was a bad gig for me bad performance wise yeah, yeah but tip was fun we were very very tired but we threw ourselves into it I think that's it yeah sleep deprivation could be a hell of a thing for any band just look what Faith No More did in the absence of drugs and serious alcohol just with Mike Patton and coffee you know? <laughs> coffee, yeah, coffee's our saviour, I think. Yeah, yeah, no, we, um... A few cans, all right. Oh, I think cans, that was probably yeah. the death of us, just the drink yeah. of the weekend. You know, my I have a three-drink rule for myself. I'll have three pints before I go on, yeah. so I can, like, loosen up and... Like, early on, though, it's like, I think you need that. Thing. We've done gigs without drink, and it's been fine, like, you know what I mean? I think it's, it's more of a ritual. It's an early ritual, yeah, because yeah, yeah. when I was nervous starting off, I'd have two, three pints. So I won't be nervous. Yeah, um, at the same and time, it's, it's stuck now. Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. But I think usually we don't gig in like such close, like kind of clusters. Yeah, so yeah. That might be our night out. We mightn't yeah. see Andy between college and work and stuff, or I mightn't mm-hmm. see you. So it's like three of us are like, yeah, we have a point. How you yeah. been? Yeah, yeah. How's your mother? She's <laughs> <laughs> your mother. <laughs> when we come back, we'll return to the festival circuit with the pretty happy overview of Indie 19 happening this weekend at Deer Farm in Mitchellstown. But first, we're going to go back to some more tunes. You have Happy Alone with What Do You Want From Me? I love those lads. Um, yeah. They're doing really well. Unbelievable stuff. Like, just, it's I mean. Cool to see. We kind of started out when Happy Alone became a thing. It's cool to see, like, how far yeah. they've gotten and stuff yeah. and, and in terms of the songs they're producing at the moment it's unparalleled like just some great very original stuff like you know it's so yeah it's really cool to see like the cork scene kind of being spread out internationally mm-hmm. I don't know it's, it's nice speaking of people making original music you're following that with messing and to yeah. give this song <laughs> its full title Japanese Capital Punishment or La Pizza Galaxy Stole Our Green Diesel I I listened to this first I was lying down on my bed and closing my eyes and it felt like a horror movie it just scared me like I, I was hung over when yeah, I first listened yeah. to it I, I just, had to turn it off listen to the Hernan Crespo uh, EP or tape the Hernan Crespo tapes the uh, Crespo tape yeah the Hernan, some of my favourite releases of the year like, oh yeah for oh, sure like listen to that close your if you're in a bad don't, way listen like, to that don't. Like, it'll bring you to places like it's like whoa get on this this is Happy Alone with What Do You Want From Me here on Red On Red
with Japanese capital punishment or Le Pizza Galaxy stole our green diesel <laughs> taken from the divinely inspired the Hernan Crespo tapes available from Scald Wave Records on Bandcamp this is Red on Red still joined in studio by Aaron and Abby from Pretty Happy ahead of their big gig this weekend at Indie 19 Festival tickets still available over at independencefestival.com a massive lineup that kind of takes the usual independence festival remit of mixing up new talent with established headliners for what is an increasingly broad audience over the last couple mm-hmm. of years. Mm-hmm. My experience mm-hmm. with Independence at the height of my attendance of it would have been, you know, a 5,000 cap festival that would have had a lot of the kind of the alt-rock heroes of the time along with a lot of local stuff. But, you know, last year, the hip-hop tent opening up um, over just kind of acknowledging the changes that are happening, booking some kind of tropical house poppy stuff like Sigala and mm-hmm. just generally kind of balancing and acknowledging the fact that it's a different crowd that has slowly come through over the last couple of years you know there's the mix of still the indie folk but also you know a summer festival crowd Mm -hmm. that has really kind of made it what it is and it's a packed schedule but before we get into a full preview of the lineup including pretty happy's own personal favorites maybe talk to us about your thoughts heading into the show we're excited we're just hanging down for the sunday because we're playing workmans on the saturday night um in dublin sporting felonies so we just decided to go for the day with work and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. No, um, it's it's gonna be fun though. Um, I it's yeah. No, I, I think Indy is like uh, the biggest festival we've played so far, and it's just going to be uh, sure, yeah. you know, and just. To be I always the, wanted to go actually, and I never have, especially yeah. being on our own kind of front door. Yeah. Um, it's a nice festival to have, but yeah, I'm looking forward to it. It's cool to see like young acts mix with the old kind of established as you said with some friends playing as well um, like Cherim and Happy Alone mm-hmm. um, so that's nice to see you no know? no completely and it's like we've it's funny like even uh, the guys from Cherim like we're, we're I like consider them good friends at this point and They're we've only met each other yeah. probably like four or five times now but like they they came down to Cork we supported them and then we met him for K-Fest again and we're going to meet him for, well hopefully I'm not sure we'll meet him now we're on different days but it's like you get weird like uh, relationships like that like you know they're from Derry aren't they yeah you, from you know? Derry so, weird connections you wouldn't have otherwise yeah you just see him he hugs I was like how are you getting on with your tours and all that genuinely well, a great man. time that's from, it yeah, man, yeah they're so just yeah. helpful as well and mm. like even for Angry Mom uh, Hannah um, the guitarist shares so much Angry Ram stuff yeah, and yeah. so supportive mm-hmm. wants to get down for a gig so 
Ah, they're the best. No, the goal is since Jerem. They're yeah. really cool. Like, yeah. yeah. And you'll get to bump into them at Indy 19 this weekend. Um, let's go through the schedule, shall we? Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's available now on the Indy 19 app, which is available from your phone's respective app stores, uh, which, you know, it's quite nifty. I wish they'd had this, you know, a couple of years ago, yeah. where you can go through your entire schedule. You can kind of star off the things you want to see. Mm. You can check yeah, if anything cool. is clashing and what have you. And it's all fantastic. But um, Friday, you know, kicking off early for early arrivers with a couple of gigs happening at the big top stage, some stuff at the main stage. But uh, you've got a couple of highlights that you want to talk about yourselves in more detail. You were discussing Dagny playing the main stage uh, at 10 to 8 on Friday night. Yeah, there was this song last summer, um, Wearing Nothing, that my housemate would play over and over again. So it's just such a good kind of pop tune that would put you in a good mood. Mm. Um, So I'd love to see her play yeah sorry that song is like such a summer song I actually have to go yeah, listen to it yeah. after this um, but yeah I'm I'm excited for that um, on the Saturday Bastille is all I won't mind seeing and then there's the big boy Lewis Dagny's Gavali. actually on the Friday so if you want to see Dagny come sorry, on the Friday sorry on the Friday yeah, yeah. We're, we're going through it in order yeah, yeah. come on yeah Abby. Dagny so is Lewis Cavalli isn't he yeah Lewis Cavalli is on the Friday yeah. uh, at 9 o'clock uh, Big boy, the funniest uh, singer songwriter on Twitter. Yeah, oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 completely. Saturday um, usually kind of serves up the deepest selection because it's right in the heart of the weekend. Yeah, yeah. August Bank Holiday weekend. Uh, maybe talk to us about some of your highlights. Definitely Cherum. Yeah, we have Cherum. Like you know, obviously great friends of ours and great live act. Like check them out. You know, there's that's they- it. Their live show is really cool like, they really leave it on the stage yeah yeah and obviously the recorded stuff is so fucking it's great it's it's unbelievable but like you really see their personalities yeah, on stage they're, they're funny yeah. out they're mm. really really sound they're really, like, yeah. if you're at indie go check them out there's no bullshit about them they just the play their stage at 9pm mm-hmm. yeah that's it uh, yeah and we have Happy Alone as we talked about they're always great I mean the lads They've, they've really like refined their they've really and show. they've gone through a couple of different live shows and I remember seeing them at it was um, in the Cypress Avenue recently we had people playing Sunday aren't they yeah uh, Saturday. Saturday Saturday and uh, they have a lineup now and it's like they're doing a half like they have the sample pads they have a guitar and they have they the have drums the drummer now so it's such that a music cork when they're at the music cork they, yeah. it was such a big live sound though they were unbelievable Holy and it's really shit, yeah. like it's such a different mix like I've seen them without a drum kit I've seen them with it and I've seen them a lot of different uh, versions of them but I think this, this is it yeah. this is it because it's like you have the kick of a live band you have the bass drum of a kit but you also have the sample band and you have the lovely uh, melodies that they create like you know and Fionn's passion like he puts everything into mm, it mm. it's mad to see because yeah, he literally uh, corks was yeah. it music cork yeah. he literally like he shits out his soul on stage Sunday is another big day for stuff happening below mm-hmm. at Indy 19 yeah. to kind of bring things to a close including yourselves but maybe talk to us through a lot of highlights that you've kind of established here for yourselves in the in oh. the my event function yeah oh yeah yeah, yeah. I mean freaking straight away the under- big ones yeah undertones undertones and- is unbelievable like you know I can't wait to catch them like um, and on the Imbro stage, so it's like a nice intimate. Yeah, way to yeah, no, completely. Like you know, it'd be a, a lovely, uh, a lovely uh, spot there. You've other kin as well. Yeah, rent. I really, really want to see uh, Popig. Yeah, yeah, no. I no, really like them as well. yeah. and fucking uh, Tumper as well. Tumper, we saw Tumper. Their live show was oh insane. God, it's so they have two drum kits. It was the like four guitar players. Yeah, yeah, they barely yeah. fit on that Cypress Avenue stage. Yeah, and that's a big they stage. were just yeah. running around and it was unbelievable like they were yeah 
there's some Egypt's called Pretty Happy. They seem to be playing the beer hall stage. Yeah. Half uh, I avoid them, them, I'd say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I heard half the set is just sad stand-up. So I, I don't know. Sad stand-up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Awful. Awful. <laughs> yeah. Other highlights, of course, include the Frank and Walters Cork Institution themselves playing the big top. You also have Biffy Clyro to really bring the whole thing to a close. It's unbelievable. Like, just those two acts to be on a bill with those. It's just so... Like, you know, we wouldn't have thought about it last year. Like, it's just great to yeah, be sharing true. and fucking build with them on the same day. You know, it's... Uh, I it's came to see him as well, especially, like, mm. three mm. of us as a thing that we just get to have a lovely day. You know but what I mean? Yeah. That's Play it. It's like, that's the one thing we do at festivals as well. It's like once... And you almost, like, we talk to other bands about this as well. It's like you prefer earlier slot because you get the day at the festival then. And yeah. you get to spend the day and you just, you know, you have a laugh, you have a bit of crack and you go to see Frank Walters and Biffy, like, you know, it's... It'll be an unbelievable. Drinks. It's an unbelievable lens to our set, like you know. And that group of gigs, it's a nice way. After what was it like, five gigs and something like ten, ten days, days yeah. um, or a week even. Yeah. Um, we get to absolutely chill out at Indie now and mm. not have to mm. worry about what's coming next. We can kind of chill out and yeah, at the gig, enjoy it. And then maybe I suppose after festival start raining again, yeah, and get into it. it again. But yeah, we'll have a break for a while. But uh, it's handy that you mentioned uh, making the day out of the festival because weekend tickets are sold out. Friday day tickets are absolutely sold out. Independencefestival.com is the only place that you can get Saturday and Sunday day tickets. The whole breakdown is available on the Indie Nineteen app. And the full lineup is, of course, available across their social media and at independencefestival.com. We'll talk a little bit more about what's over the horizon that you were kind of hinting at there in just a wee bit. But first, we're going to go back to some more tunes. You have this show's in house beat composer with Gap Tooth and Overdue. That was Andy's pick. Um... Yeah, yeah. No, he he's he pushed for that song. He really likes, uh, he says he's an unbelievable core producer at the moment. He just, he's a huge fan. Yeah, yeah, and he would be into the more producing side of things. And yeah, yeah. I yeah. think, you know, obviously we talked about his production already, but he kind of does, he does look out for the more intricate and interesting things that people do yeah. in terms of production. So, yeah. Gaptooth got my attention a couple of years ago when he was nostalgic with the X, kind of like knowledge. Okay. And the B-Tape Motorola actually forms the foundation of the bed music on this podcast. Oh, nice. Um, it's like, it's just one of those things where it just immediately fit. Like, this is when we were putting together the podcast, I had been listening to Motorola for about a year or two beforehand. It was mm. like, this is it. This is what I want this show to feel like and sound like. And, you know, he's come on leaps and bounds even since then, you know. Mm. You also have Elaine Malone with My Baby's Dead. This is like the sixth week in a row now or something that, the, that this <laughs> tune has been on this podcast. <laughs> it's a cool tune, yeah, though. Yeah, yeah. Uh, she's class as well. She is. And Part of Land she, Crabs. Yeah. Griff Brooks. Yeah, that's yeah. Why, Brooks, that's yeah. what put Land Crabs into my head, to be honest. Yeah. I had her for an Angry Mom gig. Yeah. I was like, you're in Land Crabs. She was like, Oh yeah, yeah, very uh, humble. I was like, I just want to do a gig. She's like, get on to me. So that's kind of why I was like, come on, we do a headline yeah. get land crabs. And um, yeah, no, I saw Elaine. At, um, I've seen her uh, play twice now. I saw her as Elaine Malone, and I saw her as Mantua with uh, the violinist. But just yeah, no, every, shit, man, she everything she does, she can be so she can like with land crabs, she can be so big and so. Uh, Energetic, but that's she's, Garth Brooks. Come on. That's sorry, Garth Brooks, the artist known as Garth Brooks. Uh, but Only as her, Garth Brooks, yeah, sorry, um, yeah, but, no, give it, say sorry, so Garth, Garth Brooks. sorry, Garth Brooks. <laughs> um, basically, yeah, but Elaine herself, her stuff like is just haunting, like you know, she's able to just cool yeah. stuff. The it's music cool stuff. video is class as well, mm, yeah, mm. really, really cool. And we'll hear from Elaine in a wee bit, but first, this is Gaptooth with Overdue here. 
on Red on Red.
Malone with My Baby's Dead here on Red on Red. And just before we wrap up this episode of the podcast, Aaron and Abby of Pretty Happy, where can we hear you online? What are you up to next? Uh, is there anyone that you'd like to defame or put a hex on? The the mic is yours. Who can we put a hex on? A hex on. Uh, Glassy I'd, Overture. Glassy Overture. I think he's been coming around talking mad trash about I the Cork music scene. Asshole, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. No, he's uh, Glassy Overture at the moment, I think, is number one big fool boy trying to be something he's not. I think he needs to pull up his socks and get a real job. A real job. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Mr. English degree. Ooh. Yeah. Well, I think in terms of plugs, like you can find us on Spotify. You oh, can... you're getting real now. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, I mean, okay. yeah, someone's got it. Uh, we are, we're, we're on Spotify. We're on uh, Facebook, YouTube. Uh, we make stupid videos oh, on Facebook. Oh, yeah, well. no, I'm sorry. We played an all-ages gig. I have to uh, cut you off there. We played an all-ages gig recently because... I'm being serious now. Mm-hmm. I think it's very important to kind of get the youth involved. Mm-hmm. Um, it goes back to your inclusivity. Like, they literally can't come into a gig because they're not 18. Yeah, yeah, I've gone stopped saying, I can't go to your gigs. We listen to your Spotify. I can't go to your gigs because venues won't let us in. So it's like we have to play in all ages because I loved, I remember sneaking into Aaron's band when I was 16. I hid under a piano in Cypress Avenue during soundcheck for How like. How did you get past Cypress Avenue? I uh, jumped the stage doors, <laughs> yeah. the load yeah, and stage yeah. doors and ran up. She hid. So it's in the little escalator going up. No, it literally under a piano that was in the side bar. I like hid under where the footstool was supposed to go. I was just lying in there, and then I just randomly slid out when no one was looking, and just loved that gig. It was mm. a school night and everything. I was late. It was class. <laughs> um, but yeah, important to do youth gigs. I think in make sure everyone's involved but you got the ground floor then ground floor yeah we had subbed out um, in the drive so, subbed out at class mm, mm, uh, and they're going to play with the love bus soon mm-hmm. uh, so I'd catch them for young lads they're brilliant mm-hmm. punky madness as well yeah mm. um, but we're on obviously there's guidelines like the lads weren't allowed to take their shirts off because <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Andy always drum shirtless we were warned about that and you know we were being very good not swearing things like that Aaron's final announcement is oh yeah you can find us all um, you can find Pretty Happy on SoundCloud Spotify you can find Abby on Tinder (laughs) just to a room full of 15 year olds and we were like Jesus Christ like the one thing like and it wasn't even a stock line I don't know it just happened but you know it's like you kind of have to roll you have to roll with the punches and if you're not true to Uh, you who the hell are you going to be true to is what I say but, Thanks. Um, is that to, your, my, to myself? To yourself? Yeah. Um, no. But uh, as I was saying, anyway, before that preamble. Oh, sorry. Yeah, we're on Me Spotify. Rambling. Oh, okay. We were on Spotify. Uh, we do some videos on YouTube as well. We have three uh, music videos out. Uh, we did the latest one ourselves. Shout out to Emily Power. Too. Yeah, Emily Power is an unbelievable director. If uh, anyone needs a video doing, get onto her. But um, and we also did the latest one ourselves. Um, and it's just mental. We did ourselves, went around yeah, on class. Abby directed it. Um, we did it around Cork City and that was a lot of fun but yeah no uh, I suppose that would be everything at the moment listen to us on Spotify get us on Apple Music Deezer uh, what else are we on? tunehounds.org is, it, is that a thing? no tunehounds.org <laughs> <laughs> tunehounds with four z's you um, can find Aaron in any local sandwich shop <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, basically. Um, yeah. Jordan's oh, the bad boy, that, too. That's our uh, plugs, anyway. What else is there? No, it's got to be someone else. Oh, Workman's. Workman's, yeah. We're going to be in Workman's Saturday, if anyone wants to check up. We're sporting felonies. It's going to be the uh, bank holiday weekend blowout. It's on the Saturday. Uh, we're playing there. Um, it's going to be great. Big blow. Yeah, yeah. It's Workman's are organising it, so, and they're... It's free entry as well. Uh, hopefully I won't blow up my voice for Indy then. Um, that's, uh, that's something that's we're That's a all, promise. That's a promise. It's uh, a promise right now. Sorry. That's about all for this week's episode of Red on Red Cork's new music podcast from Red FM and tunehounds.org. Thank you very much to Pretty Happy for joining us this episode. Cheers, Mike. Thanks, Thanks Mike. Thanks, Mike. And thank you very much for listening. If you like what you're hearing, please take the time to subscribe and rate us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, as well as other podcasting platforms. Make sure to check out all of our previous episodes, also available on redextra.ie, dating right back to January 2019. Got some exciting stuff coming up on the podcast, so any spreading of the word that you can do is much appreciated as we try and spread the gospel of DIY music in Cork City, including sharing this on your social media and making sure to check out the artists featured online or at an upcoming gig. And if you'd like more Irish tunes, please be sure to listen in to Green on Red on Sunday night with Alan O'Donovan for the best of all that is Irish on Cork's Red FM, 104 to 106. Well, you're leaving us with one of your own tracks. Um, mm-hmm. Mr. Krabs has been dissected and discussed at length earlier on in the show. Mm-hmm. So what's left to say about the, the tunes before the good people hear it? You. Yeah, I guess. Just go for it. You know, have an open mind. Don't judge a book you by its cover. You can't see a rainbow if there's a fog in your brain. Oh, yeah, have a yeah. listen, lads. No, thanks a lot, Mike. Um, Mr. Krabs. Sorry, lads, I fucked it. This has been Red on Red. And we'll talk to you next week.